0: Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially glad you're listening. And if you find this podcast helpful in your theological rehabilitation, consider partnering with us in its production. Become a financial sponsor of That's What She Said on Patreon, a platform for supporting content you love. Thanks! Friends, we're in the final week of our worship series from Genesis 1 and 2, the one we call Begin Again, in which we have taken a deep dive into our story of origins, the origins of the world and God's involvement in it all, and tonight we're completing our reading of Genesis chapter 2. I want to say before we begin the reading that Lauren, our preacher last week, alerted us that in this text, it refers over and over again to the Adam, A-D-A-M, that God has made. And that Adam in Hebrew means human without male and female sex differentiation. And that continues all the way through the creation of the human in chapter 2 until the little poem of verse 23, where suddenly there is sex differentiation in the text. And so I'm going to try to read it that way tonight, using they, them pronouns for the human, and then indicating when the switch to gender-specific nouns appears as I read. This is not the point of tonight's sermon, but just listen, and you'll notice the contrast between what I'm saying and what's in the printed text, and see if a story that is quite familiar to most of us hits different when we read it this way. Genesis 2, beginning in verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the human should be alone. I will make them a helper as their partner. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the human to see what they would call them. And whatever the human called every living creature, that was its name. The human gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the human, there was not found a helper as their partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the human and they slept. Then God took one of their ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the human, he made into a woman and brought her to the human. And then the human said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, ishah in Hebrew. For out of man, ish, this one was taken Therefore, a man, Ish, leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, ish and they become one flesh. And the human and their wife were both naked and were not ashamed. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, I need to talk to you about your body. But first, to even things up, I should talk to you about my body. Listen, y'all, mid-50s is a thing. You have heard me say, I know, regarding long road trips and staying up too late and muscling heavy shit in and out of my car for good purposes, I say it all the time. I can still do all the things. It just takes me longer to recover from all the things. And lately, I'm becoming more acquainted with the reality that sometimes I have to confess, I cannot even do all the things, at least without a great deal of help. There was a time back in the day, in the early days of Galileo, when taking all the church's leadership on a working retreat would have meant that in the days leading up to it, I would grocery shop, and I would prep food at home, and finally I would cook three or four or five meals for 10 or 15 or 20 people and lead the retreat. And I thought I was going to do that this time until Missy and Andrea figured out between themselves that I did not have my shit together. And they informed me with such grace that they were taking it all off my hands. Thanks be to God for good friends who know when you have hit your physical limit, even before you do. I am finding that contrary to my expectations when I was younger, I'm not entirely disappointed by these limitations. I am finding some real joy in giving away the genes that bind in the butt the shoes that are cruel to my arthritic hips and knees and big toes. There is beauty in interdependence, in letting people help, even if or because it requires me to let go the myth of self-reliance. In some ways, I'm telling the truth I am better friends with my body now than I have ever been before, feeling grateful that it has, I have, done a whole hell of a lot of what it, I, was supposed to do in this life. Indeed, it is fitting for me to announce tonight that on February 21st, in just 10 days time, it will have been 12 months since my last menstrual cycle, meaning that I will officially be in menopause. This is where you cheer for my 54-year-old badass self for having endured the cruel hilarity of perimenopause, and I don't want any little finger snaps there. I want those whoops. Thank you. Thank you. If you have not been around Galileo Church long enough to expect this kind of talk in our space during the worship event, well, hang in there. Because I find in tonight's text from the end of Genesis 2 an invitation for us to imagine together what it means that the originary humans, the ancestors of the whole human family in our originary myth were, verse 25, both naked and not ashamed of course you can only write not ashamed in hindsight after the introduction of shame around nudity exposure physicality you would never say about the fish of the sea or the birds of the air or the animals of the field that they were naked and not ashamed because of course they're not they're not like us Even in our cartoons, lots of anthropomorphized animals wear shirts but no pants. Winnie the Pooh. Or pants with no shirt. Mickey Mouse. Or no clothes at all, just accessories. Sonic the Hedgehog. Shoes, gloves, not another stitch. So nudity and the accompanying shame that the story assumes are ideas specifically and retroactively applied to those first human beings, even though nothing has happened yet in the story Genesis tells to make those descriptions necessary. It has only happened in the minds of the listeners, the receivers of the story, that makes it necessary to say so, that these brand new humans were naked and not ashamed. It's like the tradition, that is Genesis, is saying to us, as long as you've got your imagination dialed up to 11, trying to get a picture in your mind's eye of what it was like while God got the world organized, while God laid out the parameters of land and sea, sky and stars, while God dreamed up living things to fill and cover and swoop through all the places God had prepared for them, as God got down on God's knees to plant a gorgeous garden, arranging a diverse menu to keep every living thing alive, as long as you're thinking about it, consider that the human family God put together was also in its most pristine, brand spanking new, ideal state, healthy and strong, connected in partnership with each other and with God and with all the earth and in need of nothing, not even clothes, Maslow's hierarchy of human needs meant nothing to them because they didn't need shoes or pants or any other protection from the elements. They did not have to search or scrounge for food. They had each other and all those beautiful trees along with a clear sense of purpose as God's fellow gardeners and everything was fine. Moreover, the story wants us to understand their bodies and spirits and minds worked together in harmony within themselves. Their bodies were naked and their psyches were not ashamed. I'm wondering if folks who have experienced gender dysphoria might find the blessing of recognition here that it was always God's intention that our bodies and psyches would exist in harmony with each other which is exactly what my trans beloveds have told me they want more than anything that is to say my trans beloveds want what God wants and I want that for them as well it's been a long weekend y'all and We've got even more stuff to do tonight, including a brisket to feast on. And I hear that some of y'all are going home right after to catch some show that Tay-Tay is starring in tonight. So this is going to be a bit pedantic for the sake of expediency. Genesis 1 and 2, our myth of origins, the stories that form the foundations of all our ideas about God and the world and ourselves and ourselves with God and ourselves in the world, invite us to remember back to what it was like the first time when God got everything God wanted. And by doing that, they invite us to imagine forward to God getting everything God wants again. And they invite us in between to want that. These stories whet our appetite for clean air and oceans, for lavish plant life and temperate climate, for starry nights and birdsong, the harmony of a world that sings God's praises all together, the beauty of a world that God has called good, even very good. And in the same way, these stories invite us to remember that human beings, that is to say, our very selves, Are also very good. That is to say, our bodies, created somehow in God's image, fashioned somehow from the dirt of the ground, breathing somehow by the breath of God's own spirit, are in their raw, naked state, part of the perfection of Eden. And that means that part of God getting everything God wants then and now and someday invites us to love and appreciate and care for our bodies head to toe, inside and out. One thing that we have learned in community together over these years is to trust each person to know best how to love their body. If your body experiences chronic pain or infection or cancer, if your body needs medicine or marijuana or massage, if your body cannot sit still or be quiet for the duration of this service, if your body is out of sync with your identity and needs help to align with who you know yourself to be, we trust you to know what you need. And we hope that you will trust us enough to tell us when we need to know how best to make space for your body, your whole beautiful self, as you become friends with your naked self, as you notice your own feelings of shame, if you have them, and practice letting them go, letting body shame of all kinds float on down the river away from you the best you can. This weekend, the MLT and the SCT talked quite a bit about how Galileo Church has changed over time. Since our founding over 10 years ago, through the real trauma of the pandemic, after experiencing unexpectedly difficult consequences of our decision to stand with trans kids and their families through the North Texas Transportation Network. We are all together after all that, feeling collectively a little older, a little worn, a little sore, kind of tired, From doing all the things, a little more committed to taking time to recover from all the things. And I think that I can faithfully report on behalf of the leaders of this church that we are ready to make friends with this iteration of Galileo Church, to appreciate this version of the body of Christ, to give thanks for all it has accomplished so far and to strive for that naked and unashamed ideal that real relationship no bullshit ever requires. No, we are not announcing a new initiative for G Nude. It is actually really important for our collective health that everybody keeps their pants on around here. But we are stepping into the vulnerability of our needing help sometimes. And we are learning to love the shape that we find ourselves in now. We hope that all the rest of you will too. I'll close tonight with a blessing that only works on certain occasions. May the God who sees us naked and says that we are very good lift us out of shame and reconcile us to ourselves. Amen.
1: Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. If what you've heard is helpful, consider becoming a patron of its production by joining our subscribers on Patreon. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and support the people who love them. We do kindness around mental health and mental illness, and we celebrate neurodiversity We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support our missional priorities, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Share With Us. You'll have options to contribute through Venmo, PayPal, or your bank account. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace.